somebody said, how long are you going to be? Somebody made a statement to me the other day, and I'm not trying to be political, but it did throw me for a loop until I thought about it. He said, President Clinton is probably the best politician that's been in the Oval Office in 60 years. But he's an idiot. A total idiot. Uncontrolled idiot, but probably the finest politician in the last 60 years. I thought about that statement for a while because this guy gets away with a lot of stuff. I mean, it really makes you wonder, how does this guy get where he is doing what he does? He's a very good politician, but he's an idiot. And this morning, I believe that you, or this afternoon, we have some great men in here this morning. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I just <laughs> I almost said Pastor Glenn. Bill Clinton. has been handed in the last eight years one of the greatest opportunities of any man on planet Earth and has blown that opportunity. You and I as a man this morning, some of us, not you ladies, have an incredible opportunity this morning to do incredible things in our marriage and for God if we'll do it right because God has given us incredible power. We've been handed on a platter incredible power to form and shape destinies. This has nothing to do with the sermon, but I thought I'd throw it in. Well, I'll throw it in later. Let's just go on with the sermon because time will be flying here and you're going to be mad about 12.30. Okay, at 12.30. We're going to swim. We need 1.30. <laughs> a while back, I received in the mail my Uncle Homer... I have a Uncle Homer Lee. We call him Hokey. Uncle Hokey. He sent me a video of my grandfather, his father, my grandfather, a video of him sitting down. And for hours, my Uncle Homer interviewed my grandfather about the McKinney clan and how it was in the old days. And my grandfather was uh, 80-some years old, and he remembered his school teachers' names. He remembered uh, names of people that ran the... Uh, uh, gasoline station. I mean, it was incredible. I'm sitting here, and he made a statement on this thing. He said, you know, today life has changed. It used to be that a man went to work and worked very hard, and a woman stayed home, cleaned the house, tended the garden, cooked, hardly went anywhere, took care of the homestead. It's not like that anymore. He said, back in those days, family had meaning. And I know you don't like the word, but the roles were very defined. And today the roles have been pretty much messed up, thrown around, jumbled up, thrown into a sack, shaken, and thrown out. 
said back in those days men were expected to be warriors and protectors of the family, the business, and government. They were expected to produce the income. Back in those days, women and children cried. They weren't expected to do anything else but do housework and sit around and cry on occasion. Men never cried. Now, I grew up with that attitude. I was raised with that attitude. Men don't cry. Men aren't emotional. Men are men. And if I did cry, my dad would say, I'll give you something to cry about. Well, stupid, the reason I was crying is I had a reason to cry. I didn't usually just cry because I just felt like it. I cried for a reason. But you know, every time I haven't shed a tear, my dad said, you're going to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. Because growing up, that was just bad. You didn't do that. You didn't cry unless you had a reason. The only reason is somebody whipped your butt. If nobody's whipping your butt, then there's no reason to cry. Boo! But times have changed. Things are a lot more confusing now. Men have been forced to rethink their nature of manhood and masculinity. The term unisex, which is wild, you go into a store now, is this a man's shirt or a woman's? Unisex. It just fits both because men and women are no different. Because this type of acceptance and this thinking creates a lot of problems in the role models of what God said. You know, one of the main problems in America is that God designed man to have power. God designed man to have power. He put that upon man. He didn't put that up. He put that upon man to have power. And he put within a man a vital part called power. And the main problem today is that we've taken godly power and in many cases become jerks. God never intended us to be jerks. He intended us to have power. And that power is strength to lead. Strength to hold up during rough times. Strength and power to have dominion and authority and what he has done, God designed this, has given man power to have strength and authority and dominion and ability to lead because whether you like it or not, you are responsible. Men hate that. I, I always have men going, yeah, well, you didn't give us a very good rap. Well, we're responsible. We will stand before God someday and give an account of the power God has given us and I want to just kind of touch real quickly on the incredible power of a man because you and I will stand before God and give an account of our home. God placed that responsibility on you whether you like it or not. If your home's not being run right, uh, it's because it's not being run right. Well, she didn't, and she didn't. Stop right there. God doesn't buy it. I don't buy it. If your marriage is a mess, it's because you built a mess. The Bible says a house is built by someone. That's what the Bible says. A house is built by someone. It just didn't appear. Oh, wow, house. It's built. Somebody took the time and material to build the thing. And so I always run into people with marriage problems. Oh, gee whiz. Stupid. A marriage is built by someone. It just doesn't become a mess because it just, I go in a mess. It's built. 
And I know that men, because I counsel a lot of people, and so we're just we're just going to go over to the man's side. Hey, I hear this all the time. Well, she doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. She doesn't. Okay, stop. What do you do? What did you say? What do you do? What don't I do? No, don't switch it on me. What do you do? Sounds like all you do is put all the blame on her. And God says, no. no. You got a mess. You built it. I'm holding you responsible. The incredible power of a man. Now, the women of our society, the radical ones, have done their best to take this away. They want power totally removed. They don't want anything to do with men. As a matter of fact, the big rally today is we don't even need men. Me and Barbara here. We're going to have a baby. I, it's wild. I mean, that, that type of thinking is just wild to me. You and her are going to have a baby? You don't need men? You hear that? I hear that and it just makes me want to pull my hair out. This is crazy. <laughs> well, how are you going to do it? Artificially. There ain't no artificial. So you got it from somewhere. Didn't come from a chicken. Follow me? <laughs> but this this is the in- insanity of the radical feminists. I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, gay parades or videos of them, but there are videos out. Show- and, and, and the Washington Monument is the lesbians took over. If you've ever seen some of their speeches, they're, they're stinking radical women. We will bury you! <laughs> I mean, they're radical. They're dangerous, and they're radical, and they're mean, and they'll knock your head off. They're wild, and that's the spirit that's beginning to run through all kinds of things. I want to look at the incredible power of a man in a positive way. One man said, as the men go, so goes the world. Now, I know that sounds like a sexist statement. I'm not trying to downplay the importance of a woman because the importance of a woman is very important. But the truth is, since the beginning of time, God has put power in man. God has given him authority and dominion and made the woman a helpmeet to help. Not to rule, dominate, call all the shots, to help. It doesn't mean she can't call some shots. It means he has to be in agreement to it. What do you think? Red car, blue car? I like red. Blue it is. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. A woman has incredible uh, insight. She's got sensitivity. She can really help a man. But ultimately, the decisions are left to a man because he's going to be held responsible. I, I know you've heard that before, but I just want to put that back into your brain just a little bit. One writer said it this way, Although it was Eve who eats the forbidden fruit, it's the silence of Adam that leads to disaster. 
Although it was Eve that blew it, it's the silent husband over here that let it happen. Now, some commentators believe he was there and watched it. Some believe that he just stood there and said, Make your bed and lay in it, lady. Some believe that. I'm, I'm not sure. But I do know one thing. When Adam was forced to eat, well, that's what I hear in my office all the time. A man is forced. She makes me live like I don't want to live. Eat. If Adam would have been the man that God wanted him to be, he would have looked her straight in the eye and said, I've got another rib. Put me back to sleep, Lord. Let's try this again. This one's a dingbat. You've sinned. You, do you understand what you've done? You've disobeyed. You've disobeyed. You've blown it, buddy. And I'm not leaving the garden. This is my house. God? What are you going to do with this mess? Because I'm not eating. I'm not eating what you told me not to eat. I'm... But you know, Adam's got to look at all the animals. And started remembering what it was like without her. They ain't a lot like her around. I mean, squirrels are fun to play with, but... <laughs> Dang. The pressure's on. She's standing there naked as a jaybird. He looks around. Um, let me have a bite of that. Here we are. The Bible even warns us, watch out for a contentious woman. She's hard to live with. Oh, give, me, give me that apple. Okay, you win. You always win. Here we are. God's given us dominion and authority to make certain decisions in life. The people I counsel that are in trouble are people who the man doesn't want to make the decision. He usually forces her to make decisions and then blames her. It's the old, after church, I've said every almost everyone, where do you want to go eat? Oh, anywhere you want to go. No. This is your day. Where do you want to eat? Where do you want to take me? All right. I, we have a problem here. Where do you want to stink and eat? 
I want to stink and take you out to eat. What do you want to stink and eat? I told you, I don't care. That's right, you don't care. Well, let's just go home. Why doesn't he just say, okay, I'll decide. Well, number one, he knows that no matter what he decides, it's not going to satisfy her. <laughs> All right, Mexican food. Oh, we just had that last week. All right, Italian. Oh, it gives me heartburn. All right, let's just, just go to uh, McDonald's. Oh, no, that's bad stuff. All right, where do you want to go? Oh, anywhere. That's the problem. That's the problem we have. I'm not sure how to get around that. Unless he just says, Mexican food it is, tacos, burritos. You can eat or starve to death. I don't care. I've made my decision. Get your butt in the car. We're going to eat. See, when your wife fights you, it's really rough to make decisions. <laughs> All right, I'm the man of the house. This is what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, you told me to make a decision. I don't know. It's the woman. It's still in the back of the woman. We really do depend on women a lot, though. More ways than one. Honey, where's my socks? You can't even find your own socks? Honey, where's that shirt? That my favorite one. You just wore it Wednesday. But that was Wednesday. Today's Thursday. Where's my shirt? It's in the wash. What do you do all day? <laughs> Honey, you got you got 15 shirts in the closet. Why do you have to have this one? I like it. Every day? Yeah. Well, you're going to have to get some new clothes. I can't wash this shirt every day. I got clothes. It's funny to watch people come in church. You know they're arguing in the back. The man's saying, where do you want to sit? Why doesn't he just sit where he wants to sit? I see this. I'm up here. I'm watching. I, I know what they're doing. They walk in. They go. Where do you want to sit? I don't care. Let's go over there. The air conditioning's over there. It's really cold. That's right under the vent. Don't sit there and argue. Where do you want to sit? How come he just doesn't go sit and she can just follow? He just walks into church. Follow or get out of the way. I don't care. Maybe you got this email because email is so famous, but I liked it. One day a man came home from work to find total mayhem at home. You get it? You got it? The kids were outside, still in their pajamas, playing in the mud and the muck. Their empty food boxes, wrappers all around. He proceeded in the house. He found one bigger mess. Dishes on the counter. Dog food spilled on the floor. Broken glass under the table. Small pile of sand by the back door. Family room was strewn with toys and various items of clothing. Lamp had been knocked over. He headed up the stairs, stepping over toys, and he looked at his wife. 
He's becoming worried that she may be ill or something happened to her. He found her in the bedroom, still in bed with her pajamas on, reading a book. She looked up at him, smiled, and asked, How did your day go? He looked at her bewildered and asked, What happened here? She began to smile and said, You know, every day when you come home from work, you ask me what I did today? Yes? Well, today I didn't do it. I like the bumper sticker that said, if a man's castle is his home, let him clean it. (laughs) We really do depend on women a lot. But on the other hand, God expects you and I, as a man, to be men. Titus 2.2, I am going to use the Bible. One scripture, maybe. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. NIV says, teach the older men to become temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, and in love and endurance. Let's take a moment and look at the power that God's given us. First of all, God's given us power to be temperate. Temperate means to set the climate. You don't get in the bathtub and turn it to hot. Clear over H. Steam rolling off and step in. Do you? you? I don't. (laughs) What I do is I turn the faucet on and I feel the water. If it's too hot, I just turn a little cold. If it's too cold, I turn a little hot and I temper the water. I set the condition by which I want to drop this big body into the water. I set the temperature. What this scripture means is that you and I as a man have the ability to set the temperature or the atmosphere in our home. Well, she's raging when I come home. Settle her down. You settle down! (laughs) That's not what I mean. (laughs) I told her, you settle down. I'll settle you down. That's just not what I mean. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about putting your arms around her while she's in a rage. She won't let me grab her. Aren't you strong enough? Some aren't. (laughs) I said, come here. (laughs) Pastor! Pastor, she's like the Gatherine, man. I try to grab her and she breaks my hold. Get away from me, beast. (laughs) I don't care what you want to say. God expects you to set the atmosphere of your home. If it's a constant, it's because you make it that way. I've been in homes, I said, dear God, I couldn't live like this. I've counseled marriages. One guy said the other day to him, they're ranting and raving. I said, you know what? I, I couldn't live like this. What do you mean? I couldn't live like you two. This is nuts. This is insane. Your home's like this. You go home. Is your home like that? Kids are all... Stop that. Don't do that. Send that. Put that back. I told you. I warned you. You're going to make me mad. I couldn't live. I can't live like that. 
I, I've, I've been in there. It's crazy. You walk in, the kids, <laughs> leave the pastor alone, honey. <laughs> Don't pinch the pastor, baby. <laughs> Over the couch. <laughs> what was that? That's my middle child. <laughs> Did you say mental? <laughs> no, mental. It's like, I can't, my, you, you I can't, you, you don't come to my house and jump all over my couch. In our home, get your feet off the couch. I mean, I, I settle that atmosphere. It's like, Pastor, you don't understand, my house is dirty. My house is so filthy. It's dirty. Who, whose house? Well, your house. Because my house is not dirty and filthy. Well, how do you do it? I start by a bucket. <laughs> Vacuum. You ever heard of one? <laughs> you can get the self-propelled kind. <laughs> it, they're fine. I clean the house. On occasion, I do dishes. <laughs> Why? Because I'm smart. Oh, you like it. I, I didn't say I like it. I said I'm smart. My wife goes out. She comes back, and I have the kitchen clean. I just didn't be oil. She comes in, just melts. Oh, my God. <laughs> you clean the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, I love you. I know. <laughs> I, I like that. Or I clean the kitchen. Why? It didn't be like you are, but. I like that response. <laughs> Pastor, why can't my husband understand? Because he didn't want to. He understands. How come he always throws a baby out with the bathwater? How come he can't temperate the atmosphere? How come it's always hot or cold? No in between. How come when I say something like, I'm tired, not tonight, let's plan for tomorrow night, that he can't get it together enough to understand? Bible says you're mine. <laughs> you little scrawny body's mine, and I want it now. <laughs> Bible says you better give it to me. Oh, I take it. Tell me when you're done. <laughs> oh, did I say that? I did. That's the response you're going to get. Temperate the atmosphere. Why cause a conflict? Say, ooh, yeah. A little Martinelli sparkling cider. A little candlelight dinner. Get a babysitter for the kids. Tomorrow night we... Turn your wine and say, that's good, tomorrow night. We're we going to build this up to a romantic time. That's good thinking. Suck egg dog tomorrow night. I don't know if I can make it through a day's work. <laughs> I guess it's tomorrow night. <laughs> Temperate, the climate. 
you build the atmosphere. You control the atmosphere. There ain't anybody in your whole home that controls the atmosphere like you do. You build it. You establish it. You come in in the work from work and go, honey, you're beautiful. Or you can walk in and go, my God! <laughs> it's up to you. It's the atmosphere you want to build. Oh, what are you mad at? Mad again, huh? Yeah. It's like I put all this makeup on for Henry down the street. <laughs> this is for you. Oh, well, don't waste your time. I don't even I don't care about it. I like this. The girl goes out. You know, she's trying her best. She buys something real nice. Slinky. Comes walking. You like it? What is it matter? I'm going to take it off anyway. Hello, that's, there we are. Looks nice, get it off. <laughs> okay, if you want to set that climate, you want to set that atmosphere, go for it. It's your marriage, just go for it. Be a total idiot. I'm glad I don't live in your house. That's what it means to temper things. To set the climate, to set the atmosphere. You ought to plan ahead on setting atmosphere. I did. It's going to be rough tonight. I don't mean that. I mean set it right. When I get home, it's going to be heck to pay. Somebody's going to the hospital. Why do you? Why? Why do we do that? Bible. Pastor, you don't understand my wife. She needs to be beat up on occasion. Just a keeper in line. You understand? You understand? Just keep her in line. I get her. I just give her an inch. She takes a mile. I got to rein them in, pop her every now and then. Keep her in line. Pastor, she'll, she'll disobey me. She'll disobey me. I'll tell her something, and she acts like I don't exist. Duh. There's a reason. <laughs> Honey, did you hear me? I always do. <laughs> You're not listening. Oh, really? <laughs> You're ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went AWOL. He's up on a mountain hiding in a cave. Wasn't long before God caught, it, caught him, and the Bible says, You disobeyed. Come out of that cave. I'm going to kick your butt. The Bible talks about a great powerful wind that came and tore the mountain and shattered the rocks, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. Then there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after that, a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. Then God spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. The one that could tear you from limb to limb spoke in a gentle whisper and responded to Elijah's disobedience. Power. You know, you don't have to yell that power. I'm talking to you. Bear like, honey, who else is in the house? I mean, you have to yell to get somebody's attention. You can talk in a gentle voice. Do you know what a gentleman is? 
See, it's, I know it's year 2000. Maybe the word gentleman. You know, if you're a gentleman today, you get your butt kicked. I opened a door for a lady the other day, and you, you'd have thought I raped her. For heaven's sake. <laughs> she got upset. She was, I mean, I thank you very much, but I can open the door by myself. Ooh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> Probably walk right through it if you wanted to. Have you ever run into those people? You open the door for them. I'm a gent- I open the door for all the ladies. I always look behind me when I go out. If there's a lady behind me, I'll hold the door for her. I, I, I've done all, that all my life. I did that the other day. This lady come unglued. She was mad. Just because I was being a gentleman, smiling. I don't smile very often. I mean, I've got to go look at this. You know, if you notice me off the platform, I don't smile a whole lot. This is my party here. After I'm out of this party. So I smiled at her, and yet, she just, I'm a gentleman. You know what? Some of you could be in your home. You'd probably be a gentleman. Gentle man. You know, does your wife meet you after work at the door wrapped in saran wrap or boxing gloves? What? That's an old joke, old book. Hi, honey. Or saran wrap. Or come on, come on in. <laughs> a gentleman. It wouldn't. It wouldn't probably do some guys much harm to be a gentler man. You choking? Okay. <laughs> second quality of Paul's life as we're running down the runway is worthy of respect. We have a problem in homes today, and that is husbands and fathers are bailing out right and left. They're doing the whole Houdini act. One guy said, when boys must most need to practice being a man, their fathers are off somewhere playing at being boys. They're bailing out, man. Responsibilities... Nobody respects me in my home. Have you built respect? Psalm 12, 1 says, Help, Lord, for the godly are no more and the faithful have vanished from among men. Number three on Paul's list is to be self-controlled. Self-controlled. Peter the Great once said, I've conquered an empire, but I've not been able to conquer myself. In other words, I can conquer everyone else. I just can't control myself. I can control everyone else. I just can't control myself. One of the hardest things I've ever heard in my life that shook my tree was one day my wife was a little irate. She doesn't get irate, but she was that day. And she had good reason. I wasn't practicing this sermon here. And she made a statement to me. She says, why don't you practice what you preach? That's the problem with having your wife being your wife's pastor and her husband. Somebody asked me, Where are your, where's your wife? I said, are you crazy? I ain't bringing her to a marriage seminar that I'm preaching. 
All I'd hear from the back row would be grunts and go, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. You need to tell your wife you love her. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I'd leave her at home, man. Why don't you practice what you... It floored me. Because it dawned on me that I, I preach a lot of things that I go home and don't put into my own life. Preachers are great at that. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to dull your opinion of preachers, but we preach a lot of things we don't live. <laughs> and every wife knows it. <laughs> Why do you preach it? Because by golly, it's God's word. God's word's here, but do we apply it? That's the problem. We have incredible opportunity that God's given us. And he says, I have conquered an empire. I have controlled others, but I can't control myself. I go into my home and I tell my wife, take a chill pill. Then I'm a raging idiot. And she knows it. Aren't we happy today? Rough day at the church. <laughs> it's always a rough day at the church. Shut up. Oh, now you're getting mean. Nasty mouth with me. It would be good if we practiced what we preached. It would be good if we practiced what we read. Self-control. You know what I'd like to do to you? I'd like to give you a big old kiss. Like this. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Some of you have to be rock perverts like myself to get that one. <laughs> like a big old kiss. Oh, never mind. Some of you have James Brown syndrome. Jump back, kiss myself. Okay, whatever. <laughs> self-control. You know why you need self-control? I don't either. <laughs> My dad always told me in a fight, in a fight, the one who keeps control usually wins. Now, this isn't always right because I met some real psychos that were out of their cotton-picking, flipping brains that could beat the dog out of some people. But a lot of times, he who keeps control wins. Because while he's flailing, you're, you're measuring up. That's what I learned anyway. While he's got his eyes shut, it's time to hit him. He who keeps control in his marriage wins. Control. That's what it means. Control. Because when you lose control, you're going to lose your senses. You're going to say stupid things. Anybody in here ever said stupid things that they had to say, 
I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. What did you say it for? This came out. What's out of the heart? <laughs> How do you win with that one? Out of the heart, proceed evil thing. You said it because you meant it. You know what? And I believe you. <laughs> I'll just take it back. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sick of your sorry. You know what self-control does? It puts you un- If you're not self-controlled, it puts you in a position where nobody believes you anymore. Honey, I'll never do this again to you. Two days later. Honey, I'm going to treat you good. I've just been to a marriage seminar. I'm changed. Something rattles your chain, off you go again. And you know, after a while, she don't believe your stupid words. I love you. (laughs) She doesn't believe you, or he doesn't believe you. Not when you're not self-controlled. Self-control gives you a little dignity here where you can control the situation. Paul uh, gives us a little insight here that you and I need to be self-controlled because all of our life is pulling to make us uncontrolled. All of life. The devil's incredible. In 96, 98% of all Internet customers are men. $51 million in revenues. This is in 96. I don't have any other figures. 18 out of the top 20 hits, what people tap into, has to do with sex and porno. And without self-control, you're going to survive? You drive down the road, dear God, the billboards violate you today. I drive down the road in California, i got to tell my son Mark, 15, don't look at that billboard, Mark. Put your eyes down to the ground, buddy. And if I don't see it, and I don't know it's there, he... (laughs) God, better have some self-control. Paul urges us on to have men of sound faith. Sound faith. Don't leave all the religious stuff up to the ladies' guys. You have to make these decisions. I'm tired of my home. We don't even get together and pray in our home. Well, why doesn't she make you pray? I've counseled these folks. It's the stupidest thing. They'll be sitting there. I said, do you have a family altar? Do you guys pray together before you go to bed at night? I mean, oh, no. No. She won't pray. That settles it, I guess. <laughs> if she don't pray, then you don't pray? Or would she pray if you said, let's pray? It's called leading. Leading. I've known spiritual women in my life, great women of God. I've known some great women in Jesus. I mean, they're great. I wish they were men. I have one lady in our church. I say, you're the best man I got in the whole church. (laughs) She's on every outreach. She leads most of the outreaches because she's there during the day. She, she's just there. She's incredible. I wish she was a man. I'd send her out tomorrow. But her doofus, oh, never mind. Her husband's not near as sharp as she is. <laughs> not taking that away, but there's nothing like a man, nothing like a man that's tapped into the power of God that takes responsibility that God's given him and goes for it. Nothing like it on planet Earth. 
There's nothing better released on planet Earth than a man that says, this is what God wants to do in my life. Honey, this is what we're going to do. She says, yes, Lord. Did you catch that one? No, you didn't catch that. Some of the women did. Uh, uh. Paul encourages men to be sound in faith, but also in love. I'm going to close with this one and let you kind of get away here a little bit. You're responsible, guys. Oh, you, you can put all the burden on me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, 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 I see. So all the garbage in my home is my fault. Because you have the power to straighten it out. And my wife's a devil. What'd you marry her for? I know there's women that run crazy. I, I know all that. Try to balance this out with me, okay? I know there's wild women, uncontrolled women, domineering women. I know all that. But in reality, God says, I know. But you're the man. You're the guy that's going to, I'm going to hold responsible for this union. You're the house bond. Husband, you're the one. One guy said this, when you look into the face of a man's wife, you will see what he is as a man. When everything else in life says one thing, I've learned the eyes say another. I can tell what a man's doing in his home by looking into the face of his wife. Because she can't hide. She's good. But she'll never hide her emotions. She can't hide. She's an emotional creature. And her face tells the whole thing. It's the most wild. It's wild. I know guys probably go to church and go, you straighten up now. Dry the tears. Now, I don't want you going to church with you looking like that. We had a little problem here on the way to church, okay? So just, we're going to go in and play cool, okay? He walks in. How's it going? Good. Praise God. You look at her and she goes, Honey, let's sit down. She can't hide. You ever looked at a streetwalker real close? Uh, I know that's an odd statement to make. (laughs) You ever looked into their face? You ever looked at the lines of hurt and anger and disgust and everything that that kind of lifestyle has brought? You ever looked into their face and seen that? You ever seen a hooker get saved and she comes into church and gets saved and you look at her face and you say, man, she's had a rough life. Tell what kind of marriage you have by looking into the eyes of your wife. I don't care what you say. I don't care the thing you put on. I'm so happy. Here's the reason why. My home and family's all together. I'm just so happy. But she's not. Now you can shove it off to that time of the month if you want. Well, Pastor, you got to look into her eyes about between the first and the fifth, and then and then how are you going to tell unless we keep up with the cycle? 
Because every three days, it just changes into another cycle. I mean, one day it's 28, next day it's 31. I mean, you guys, you let me know when you're going to look into her eyes, because then you... <laughs> I don't want you misjudging this thing and pinning me as a bad guy, okay? <laughs> well, I'll grant you that one. Next time I look in your wife's eyes, you go, you got a problem. Oh, wait, it's... Okay, now you come back in a week. We'll look in, look at her eyes again. <laughs> okay, I close with this. I thought that was a good one to close with, but we'll close with this. <laughs> Finally, Paul closes with this piece of advice. Be sound in endurance, guys. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say, I've had it. That's it. That's the most amazing statement. I've had it. That's it. Now what? Throw yourself off a bridge? Run for a Mack truck? What do you mean you had it, that's it? What does that mean? It means you better work on it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep working on it because the same God that brings everything we've been hearing this morning can touch your marriage exactly like Pastor Warner preached. God's not that far away that he can't reach into your life and bring about everything that you've heard if you'll let him. If you will take this that you've heard in the last couple of days, take it home and begin to put it into action. God will help your marriage. You have power. You can use it for good. You can use it for evil. You can build it. You can tear it down. The choice is yours. You have to live there. I don't. I build my home the way I want it built. I, I have to live there. Let's bow our heads.